This is the ATM at the Minute Podcast, episode 200. Woo woo! And man, I'm excited for this episode. Not just because it is a major milestone for us, but because it has been a beautiful weekend. Went down to the Big 12 tourney Friday night, watched the Hawks beat Iowa State before that collapse of a game yesterday. <laughs> uh, we got an extra hour of sunshine due to daylight savings. That is a huge mood boost for everybody, I'm sure. Facts. Had Indian Wells on all weekend. TFO's playing right now, so not a lot of complaints right Players now. Players' championship been going on. Scotty yeah. Shuffler ran away with it. Brackets are out. NFL news. Yeah, but we're going to start with the big trades in the NFL world before we preview the tourney. Um, we just have to talk about this. The Bears finally made their move, traded the number one pick to the Panthers for the Panthers' ninth pick in this draft, pick 61 as well. I believe a 2025 second round. 2024 first and then 2025 second and DJ Moore. And the cherry on top, DJ Moore. I want to hit this from both sides, but first let's do it from Chicago's lens. I absolutely love it. I mean, yeah, that's a massive win. You only move back eight spots and you also pick up the 61st pick, a future first and a future second and a potential number a one wide receiver today for or this year too, right? 61. Yeah. Yeah. Late second this year. So I'm saying you're getting both of those future picks, real future picks, not like distant fourth, fifth rounders. And then you're also adding a real receiver for Justin Fields. And now we'll see what happens with Claypool. But in theory, you know, you got DJ Moore, you got Claypool, you got Cole Komet. We'll see what happens with Khalil Herbert. Sounds like David Montgomery's gone, but that offense is looking really good. And now at nine and 61, I mean, you could use both those to beef up your own line. And next thing you know, you're a competent offense that can actually protect Justin Fields. Yeah, let's let's start with the nine pick. I think they should just get the local guy, Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. Yep. I believe he's from the area. They need a lot of help on the offensive line. It was one of the lowest paid groups in the league last year. That seems like a no brainer to me. Also love the idea of getting another one at 61 with that pick, just adding depth and helping out your quarterback. Um, DJ Moore, let's talk about that move as well. I don't think they got... Yeah good value in the in the claypool trade giving up a second for him i just don't like him that much but dj moore is better than every wide receiver on the free agent market this year we could argue who's the best out of Thielen, odell beckham sounds like juju is going to be back in kc this is yeah, a but most of those guys are past their prime you know dj moore is yeah. the peak of his career I believe he's 25 and this move is very reminiscent to the eagles trading for aj brown it was a make or break year for Jalen Hurts. They went out, got him a big weapon, and AJ Bears are doing the exact same thing here with DJ Moore. So huge win for them there as well. Yeah, I love it for Chicago. And I understand why Carolina's doing it, but man, I'm surprised. And the, the thing that's surprising me the most here is the odds flip for the number one pick. I mean, all along, it's looked like it would be Bryce Young. That was the assumption. That's definitely what the Vegas odds have said. And now it has flipped, and C.J. Stroud is a minus 450 favorite to go number one as of a few hours ago. So is it a done deal that Carolina's taken him one? And what does that mean for the rest of the draft? I don't think it is a done deal. I think I still think any one of Stroud, Bryce Young, or Anthony Richardson could end up going at one. 
The reason why I think it won't be Richardson, though, I'm, I'm not going to rule it out, but I don't think it would be because you traded all of this for the number one pick. Are you, you going to sure. take a massive risk in Anthony Richardson, who most I agree. people don't even think should play next year? I don't think that makes any sense whatsoever. So you could narrow this down to either Stroud or Young. And Stroud is the guy with the prototypical size that seems like less of a risk than Young. So I, I do get why the odds are there right now, but I don't think it's a done deal. There's got to be some type of inside information or somebody within the Panthers organization that has let someone feel confident they're going with Stroud because it's a massive flip here. This is not normal for it to flip this much this far out of the draft. So at this point, I'm going to assume Stroud goes one until I hear otherwise. And sorry, Colts fans, but that's that's going to be tough. I know that Texans possibly could have taken him. Colts were hoping he'd be there and a few of those teams are going to be hurting. But now, does this mean that Bryce is a lock to go two to the Texans if he's there? I think they didn't so. even have to move up to one and they get their guy. Yeah, I think so. And then you have Arizona sitting at three, Indy at four. Will Indy feel like they need to move up to three to make sure they can get their pick of Levis or Richardson? Or are they a Jimmy Garoppolo? I team? don't think so. No, I think they can stay at four and they're fine because Arizona's at three. It sounds like they're going to take Will Anderson and that's a done deal. So I think Richardson would be there at four. Yeah. Interesting stuff for Indy. They're kind of in a tough spot now. You have Vegas sitting at seven as well. Atlanta, would they want to take a quarterback at eight? I don't know. Um, But I was glad this deal got done now. Gives us something to talk about. Don't have to just speculate on what's going to happen with that pick forever. Um, but if you are Stroud or Young, do you want to go play for the Panthers? I think they have the worst group of skill guys in the league now. I mean, it's not any worse than the Texans. Well, there you got. Well, no one doesn't even want to you be don't there. Have Damian Pierce Pierce is a free agent. Nico Collins. Damian Pierce. You cannot throw the ball to <laughs> Damian Pierce more than 20 times a year. Yeah. Maybe the Texans take Smith and Jigba at 12 or something or Addison, any receiver. I mean, they'll they'll address that at some point, but we'll see. There's not a lot to be excited about if you end up in Carolina. It's Terrace Marshall, LaVisca Chenault, Tommy Trimble. Deontay Foreman is a free agent. I think they want to bring him back, but not a lot to get excited about. No. There's not. And I think this is a great move by the Bears overall. And then I also think that this is one of those deals where some of these teams might say, you know, next year's class looks better. Maybe we just don't even mess with it. And maybe Indy trades back. Maybe they say, hey, we'll punt. We'll take our shot next year and we'll go, you know, try and get Jimmy G or something like you said. But yeah, interesting stuff. Nice little uh, teaser to get us ready for free agency here in a few days. Yeah, and the last piece I want to talk about with Chicago is that 2024 first from Carolina. If Carolina does go the Richardson route, they could be terrible next year. That could very well be another top five pick in the draft with Caleb Williams and Drake May. If the field situation doesn't work out and you're Chicago, you're going to have two high first round picks. Yet again, you can take another swing at it at the quarterback position Or if Fields works out and you still get a high pick from Carolina, you could trade back again, bolster that roster even better. 
Yeah, or you could go take Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, you yeah. could do some interesting stuff. There you go. I love that idea right there. So I'd be loaded. I, I say A plus for the Bears for Carolina. I think it's an incomplete grade just because we have no idea if the quarterback will pan out that they're looking at. Yeah, and hopefully they've got something else up their sleeve. I mean, I don't think they would be like a dark horse Hopkins team or something like that, but surely they're going to find a way to get whatever young QB they take some type of weapon that's a real number one or number two. Because right now they got a lot of number three guys or guys that probably shouldn't be getting snaps. Yeah, couldn't agree more. All right, let's talk about the other big move that happened today. Jalen Ramsey traded from the Rams to the Miami Dolphins for a 2023 third round pick and tight end Hunter Long. I've never even heard of him. Same. But that's the deal. Ramsey has two more fully guaranteed years on his contract. We had the Byron Jones retirement a week or so ago. Yeah. I'm looking at this move for Miami. It seems like they're doing a Rams themselves going all in. They've traded for Tyree Kill, Bradley Chubb, and now Ramsey all in the last year. I mean, yeah, and they only had to give up a third round pick. I feel like it's a no brainer. And they did adjust his contract. So now he does have two fully guaranteed years, which was not the case before. Those are averaging at twenty million a year. And he now has twenty five million more guaranteed in his contract that he previously did not have. So a win for him. He gets more guaranteed money. A win for Miami. They add a much needed um really a, a much needed star on defense. I think right now you've only got one corner that you can really count on. So adding a second is huge. Uh, him and Xavier Howard. Now that's not going to make them a very fun team to play. Is that the best duo in the league? <laughs> I don't have it all in front of me, but I, I can't I think of a better one. Yeah. I, I'm excited about this. Their secondary is loaded with them too. And Javon Holland, young safety. And then even on, on their front seven, you have Chubb, Jalen Phillips. He's a young, young guy coming on. Wilkins, our guy, Emmanuel Ogba out of Oklahoma State. They're good. Yeah, like I would be all in on this team if it wasn't for Tua. That's just where I'm at with them. Like, What if they got Jimmy G? I think Jimmy wants to start, oh, but maybe somehow man. he doesn't get a chance. You have Jimmy there, and that is like the best insurance policy ever because he can get the ball to... Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle in space. And if the defense is actually as good as it looks on paper, you're not going to need to go score 40 a game to win playoff games if it was Jimmy under center. Right. And he obviously has the McDaniel connection as well. Uh huh. That'd be something. Pickup option for him. Yeah. I I don't think he's going to turn down the money that will come his way, though. I still think there's a lot of people in the league who have a high. Their, their opinion of Garoppolo is very high, and they still think he could be someone you have a chance to contend with. So yeah. if it is the he'll Texans start to get somewhere. him or the Raiders, I think he'll fetch at least $20 million a year. Oh, I don't know about that. I feel like whoever goes after him is going to give him like a, a one, maybe two-year deal, and it's not going to be that much money. I wouldn't be shocked if he got paid. Like Der- Who? Derek Carr but just got a big deal. Who's, who's yeah, better? Derek Carr is going to go be the QB of the Saints for multiple years, and Derek Carr is a much better quarterback than Jimmy G. You think so? Yeah, he can do a lot more for you in terms of like leading comebacks, taking deep shots down the field. Yeah, he definitely has mistakes and has a NFC Championships has he been to? <laughs> yeah, but you go put Jimmy G on those teams, and I don't think that the team is any better than what they were with Carr. 
I think if you put Carr in the Shanahan offense playing for the 49ers, you probably would have won a Super Bowl. Maybe. That's a good debate there. But yeah, huge move for Miami. If if all it took was a third rounder, I'm surprised there weren't more teams knocking at the door there. Yeah, what were your Cowboys doing here? That's a great question. Micah Parsons tweeted about it. I saw that. <laughs> He's a great Twitter follow, by the way. Like, obviously, I'm biased, but I feel like just any sports fan in general, he's worth the follow. Um, but how do you feel about this for the Rams? It seems like they're doing a hard reset. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of surprised because with McVay coming back, sounds like Stafford's going to be the guy. I thought they would try and stay pretty competitive and keep their core with Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, you know, Cooper Cup, those guys. I don't know. They're they're a big old wait and see for me. I wonder if there's other moves on the horizon, but it sounds like they're trying to save some money and get to a realistic place cap wise where they're not just so far over each year that they got to restructure all their deals and tread water so we'll see yeah the whole f them picks thing they seem to be really doing a 180 on trying to get some draft capital back in this deal and i I don't know if you've seen the reports that they are open to shopping stafford who they just gave a big extension to wait really yeah i've seen that uh also same thing with alan robinson leonard floyd i think yeah, Floyd will be released if they can't work out a trade. Sounds like they're tearing it down to the studs like Tennessee. And then also Baker Mayfield might be on his way to Tampa Bay to give Kyle Trask some competition. Yeah, I saw that. You think that the Rams would move Cup if they're at the point of they're willing to move Stafford and all these other guys? It seems crazy because like their offense is Cooper Cup. It all is designed around him. Yeah, but if Stafford goes and you have no QB, and that just that that's weird. What if? Hear me out. What if Dark Horse Lamar team trying to clear cap space to go get him? Oh, imagine McVay with Lamar. What if he sees this as his real opportunity? Well, I was gonna say like I don't think McVay wants to stick around if they blow it up to exactly. this degree. Exactly. They have to have something that they're thinking of or they're yeah, there's no point. Why would he come back to suck for three or four years and build it back up? I don't know, but I do like that idea. Uh, I, the taste in my mouth with this Rams team is not good right now. I think they might stink again. I think so, too. And lastly here, Odell Beckham held a workout this weekend He's, like we said, one of the top free agent wide receivers. Do you think he has any good years left in him? What What do you think he's know. worth on a contract? I've really thought that he was about at the uh, end of his NFL career, just given all of the really distraction that he is combined with the fact that he hadn't been able to be healthy for a while now. But supposedly in that workout, he looked really good. And there were a lot of coaches and scouts and owners that saw it or were there that are interested and now looking to make an offer for him. So Maybe he could get like two years, 27, 28 million with the bulk of that guaranteed. I think best case scenario, maybe a desperate team gives him that. Yeah, I, I feel like at this point with the injuries, he's probably going to want at least a two year deal, not some prove it deal like Juju signed with Kansas City. But we will see. I would take him in Dallas. He's going to get more than Robert Woods. That's who the Texans have. The Texans have Robert Woods. You can uh. hang your hat on that. <laughs> Ooh, tough. All right, anything else NFL? Should we talk hoops here? Let's talk hoops, and where should we start? 
Okay, so I think the name of the game here is to go region by region, starting with south, then the east, and then we'll go to the other half. And what we're going to do is pick our winner for each region, talk about a team that may be on upset alert, a, a team that we think could be a Cinderella, make a little bit of a run. Um, so, Jackson, let's start with the south. Are you okay. are you taking Bama here all the way? I actually am. I think that they've been so good the last half of the year, and Brandon Miller is just at another level compared to all other college players where he can take over a game. He's enough to get it done. I think that, you know, San Diego State could maybe throw some stuff at him and it would be a weird low-scoring game where he could struggle, but I just feel like in those types of games, he's so good, he'll find a way to generate offense and they'll get it done. So I've got them beating Baylor and coming out of the region. Okay. Um, I also have Bama winning this region over Arizona in the Elite Eight. I'm very, right. I'm very high on this Bama team. Like... They have the experienced guards and Javon Quinterly. Quinterly's so good, man. I love Quinterly. Yeah, I mean, he had a bad game yesterday, but then balled out today in the championship. Mm -hmm. They handled A&M by 19. And then, like you said, with Brandon Miller, he is maybe the best grenade guy in the in the, or in the NTA. Like, into the shot clock, you need a guy to get you a bucket. It's Brandon Miller, no doubt. So... I'm I'm on them. I'm not going to spoil my full bracket, but I very much like them. They are, yeah, and then you also got Clowney, so they're not one of yeah. those teams where it's like, oh, well, if they just go up against you know a Shibway or a really good center, they're in trouble. You know, Clowney can hold his own down there. Yeah, and I have like my my formula. I try to use each year which teams are top twenty in both offense and defense on Ken Palm. Alabama is 19 on offense, third on defense, so they fit the mold. The other teams that match that, Houston, UConn, Texas, and that's it. Then you have some teams Mm. that are just outside, UCLA, Kansas, Purdue, and Creighton. So those are some of the teams I'm looking at, big picture. Um, The rest of the South, South, though, why do you like Baylor? I just feel like that bottom half isn't that strong. I know Arizona beat UCLA, but they haven't impressed me that much this year. And I think Baylor's athletic enough and fast enough that they're going to give them trouble. And yeah, I just think the Pac-12 kind of stunk and there was really only two good teams. That was Arizona and UCLA and Baylor's more athletic and just a lot to handle comparatively to who they've seen throughout most of the season. I kind of contradict myself because I got UCLA going deep, but I just, I got a feeling, man. I just don't think Arizona is all that great. I think they're going to be one of those conference winners that people are reading a little too deep into their last game, pick them to go deep. And then next thing you know, they're bounced by the sweet 16. They do have sort of contrasting styles. They have Tabellis and Omar Balo, two damn near seven footers where most of their production comes from. And then on the Baylor side, it's all about Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer and Keontae George, the guard play. Mm -hmm. That would be a good matchup on paper, but my Cinderella team out of this region is the Creighton blue Jays. I have them beating Baylor in the second round. This is a team I was super high on coming into the year and I'm not ready to quit them. They're 13th in Ken Palm. They have a win over UConn. They lost to Texas by five. They lost to uh, Arizona by two. So 
they can come out and play against good teams. They got a two-time Big East Defensive Player of the Year, and they have good shooters. So I'm giving them a chance here. I got them losing to NC State in the first round. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, it's bracket season. Who's it your is. Cinderella? So I have Furman here. I Whoa. think that they're going to beat Virginia. And I was not impressed at all with what I saw from Virginia in the ACC tournament. It's the same old story with them. They don't put up any offense. It's low scoring, grinded out games using the entire shot clock. And I just feel like in games that are going to have, you know, 100 combined points, weird stuff can happen. It's the NCAA tournament. I don't think that Virginia has a ton of talent or a ton of guys that can generate offense down the stretch. And at the end of the day, when you can't score very many points, you're going to lose eventually. Are you giving Furman a shot? in the second round i am giving them a shot in the second round i didn't pick them but they run up against san diego state who is also not a team that scores at a very high clip so there's a chance that weird stuff can happen in those type of games i do have san diego state winning but i think Furman's a team where if they made the sweet 16 i wouldn't be shocked all right yep i got alabama beating arizona in the south you have bama beating baylor let's go to the east where purdue gets the one seed Thought this was BS, thought Texas maybe should have gotten this spot or one of the Pac-12 teams or the Jayhawks because the West is absolutely loaded. Um, Where are you going in the East here? Real quick on that. Did you listen to Chris Reynolds, the chairman of the selection committee at all? I did. Did you hear what he said about injuries? No. What What did he say? Uh, I thought it was a load of crap. He said that they looked at injuries and that factored into seeding and said that part of the reason UCLA didn't get a one is because they're injured. And part of the reason that Rutgers didn't get in is because they suffered an injury. And I think that's so insane because from what I've always understood my whole life, you're judged on your entire body of work. Yeah, There's no recency bias. It's you look at the entire resume throughout the year and you can't penalize a team for having an injury. They still got to get that same seed. Like, I mean, remember the Jimmer Fredette year at BYU when their like second and third best players got injured, but BYU still got, I think it was a two seed. That's how it's always supposed to have been from what I understand. And I think by that backward ass logic, you could have said, all right, well, do you hear what he said about Oklahoma State? I guess should I ask no, that first? No, no. He said that they went six and 12 in their quad one games. They had 18 opportunities and they didn't prove themselves enough. So just because you got more opportunities and got more wins, it doesn't make the losses that much better, essentially. And Hmm. my argument to that is a handful of our quad one losses, six or seven of them came with Avery Anderson out. Our best player, one of our best defenders. (laughs) Yeah, out injured. One of our best players, uh, both ends of the floor. And he would have been back for the tournament, most likely. So could you have said, well, if you're factoring in injuries and projecting forward, they get their best player back. They should get, you know, a 9, 10 or 11 seed and be in. So I'm not bitter, but it is what it is. Well, explain to me why they gave Houston the one seed in the Midwest when Marcus Sasser got injured. It says he's probable for the round one matchup. But what you're telling they me is that. he's not 100 percent. So. That should factor in. I did hear him say that the Bill Self situation factored into their seating of KU. Yes. He said the Sasser thing and the Bill Self thing, that they both could have been possibly better one seats in their eyes if those things weren't going on, which is so stupid. Like That shouldn't be a factor. You're judged on your entire body of work throughout the season, not something that's circumstantial and uncertain. Yeah, and they said Bill should be back next week. So... I don't get it. I mean, coaching should matter, but 
he he's going to be there. He won a title last year. I, w- I think he's the best coach in college basketball. <laughs> and then, yeah, you have the Sasser situation. So it doesn't make any sense. Anyways, Purdue, are you picking them out of the East? I'm not. I got some spicy stuff here. I think Purdue I could go down in the second round to Memphis. I like what I saw from Memphis a lot. And I know that ED is going to be a matchup problem for a lot of people, but Memphis has a couple 6'9", 6'10", guys that can not stop him. There's no stopping the 7'4 giant that he is, but I think they could slow him down a little bit. And I just have a gut feeling that Purdue's the one seed that goes down this year. Yeah, I do too. I'm I'm kind of off them. I have them beating Memphis, who I also like. They're 19th in Ken Palm, led by Kendrick Davis, who had 33 points, 20 points, and 31 points today in the American Championship over Houston on a heater through the conference tourney. So they should give Purdue a good game. But I'm looking for the Edie versus Derek Lively and Kyle Filipowski matchup in the Sweet 16. That is a box office matchup that we need Did to see. Did you pick Duke? I picked Duke to win over Purdue. I've got Duke going to the Final Four in this region. I have Kansas State. Oh, okay. So let's look over there because I actually picked Kentucky over Kansas State in that second round matchup. <laughs> I, I took Providence to beat Kentucky. I do not like wow. this Kentucky team at all. I like them more as the year went on. And I think that Shibway is a matchup problem. And no, he's not going to win you the game, but there are certain teams where he's just going to be a nightmare for them. He works his tail off on offense, but I think his defensive awareness is outright bad and when you have Marquise Noel who is uber quick for Kansas State and Keontae Johnson who can also put the ball on the floor those guys might be running circles around Shibway I think that's a good matchup for K-State and they could get it done interesting all right so you have got who was it coming out of this region K-State you said yep Wow. Experience, man. I, I really like it. And I think Tang is a good coach. He does get way too much credit in the national media. <laughs> no bias there, but I like their team. So I'm going to pick him here. And I, I like Tomlin, Na- uh, Naquan Tomlin and Desi Sills. They're nice compliments to their stars. Okay. What teams you got on upset alert or any upset picks that you like? I mean, Purdue has to be on upset alert, no doubt. What about first round? Um, I mean, I'm I'm kind of off Tennessee after the Zakai Ziegler injury, but uh-huh. I, I don't I know enough. I think they could be one. Yeah, I don't know enough about the Raging Cajuns to pick them over Tennessee. I don't know enough about them, but I'm picking them. I mean, there Tennessee has been terrible their last 10 games. Yeah, and then I guess Marquette. I think USC has some talent. I would like to see a USC Marquette matchup. I guess, I mean, I have K-State beating them, so Marquette should be on upset alert as well. All right. Anyone else Do we move over to the Midwest? No, I don't have anything else uh, in this one. I think Louisiana, I picked them, uh, and then I like Memphis getting Purdue. Those are really my two bold picks. Okay. Yep, let's go Midwest. I think this region is trash. I kind of do as well, if we're being honest. Uh, there's Houston and Texas and then kind of everyone else. Yeah, your three is Xavier and your four is Indiana, who I want to like, but I just can't get over the hump with them. 
So I think it's really Houston or Texas's bracket to lose here. And I have Texas coming out over Houston. So that puts me at two big 12 teams in the final four before we get to the West. Interesting. I've got Houston over Texas. Why do, why are you going Houston there? I mean, Texas has beaten Kansas twice in the last week. They have 14 quad one wins and they have Yeah, Texas is legit. I think they have five fifth-year players. So they are a very veteran-laden team and I think that matters. I mean, Houston has some of that too, but with this injury They match up very well with each other. And yeah, you could say well the Sasser injury, yada yada yada, but my logic is if they make it down to the Elite 8, I think Sasser's going to be close to 100% at that point. So right. in theory, if they are winning and that much time has gone on, he would be fine. So I feel like Houston matches up well with them and how good they are on the defensive end. It's going to make those guards for Texas that are so good and really the engine of that offense possibly have issues. And I think it would be a hell of a game. I went back and forth on it quite a few times, but yeah, I went with Houston. Yeah, that should be a ugly physical defensive battle. 58 to 54 or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, the race to 69 won't even be relevant there because no one's going to score that much. Um, who else do you like in this region? Is there anyone you think could get hot and come out of here? Honestly, no. I think Penn State is a team to watch just with what they did in their conference tournament in the Big Ten. Uh, I was kind of surprised to see them almost beat Purdue and to make it to the championship game. So I think that, you know, if they did somehow beat Texas, they would possibly go to the Elite Eight. Yeah, they are playing good ball right now. Um, I got my eye on Miami. You know, Jim Laranega has been into the tourney many a times. They have Nigel Pack, Isaiah Wong. Mm. I think someone in the ACC might get hot. If you remember, they had four teams in the Elite Eight last year, and everyone was talking about how bad that conference was. I got Miami beating Indiana in the second round going up against Houston. I think that would be a fun matchup. Mm. I got Drake beating Miami in the first round and then Drake beating Indiana. After oh, that. okay. That's a team that I think could go far. And really, I don't know diddly squat about Drake. If I'm being honest, is more the fact that I think this is a weak region and I don't think that Miami is all that great. I think the ACC is overrated. Like you were saying, although there will be a team or two that gets hot. Duke is my pick to be that team. Um, and I just think that this could be a bracket where there could be some weird stuff outside of the one and two. I feel like they're a lock and everything else is up in the air. Yeah, Drake does have an older team. Uh, their, their starting five's average age is over 23. I think they're older than three NBA, NBA teams this year. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess we'd give them a shot. And Tucker DeVries, he's 39% from three. He's a... He's a late round NBA prospect, so I give him a chance, but I'm riding with Miami. All right. Any other thoughts on the Midwest region? You think Iowa State gets it done in the first round? I think they do get it done in the first round, but after that, I don't know, man. And I think that there is a chance that they beat Xavier. I'm not very high on Xavier. I just feel like, you know, they had a solid run to finish the season, but I'm not convinced i mean i wouldn't even be surprised if they somehow lost to kennesaw state in the first round yeah i have the iowa state texas matchup in the sweet 16 i may or may not also (laughs) all right so you have houston there i have texas let's go to the west 
by far the most loaded region yeah. in the field. Kansas is the one. UCLA is the two. I know both of us like them. Gonzaga mm-hmm. is a three. That just that feels scary to me. And then well, UConn. UConn is a four. Yeah, I who, like them a lot. They were ranked one at one point this season. Had a tough little skid, but they still check out well in Ken Palm. And this this region has five top eleven teams in the Ken Palm ratings. KU, UCLA, Gonzaga, UConn, and the five seed St. Mary's. And then you also got TCU in there, and then you got an eight seed Arkansas who has two guys that are going to be NBA lottery picks possibly. Yeah. Um, so I'll spoil it. I'm going to pick Kansas anyway. I know I'm a total homer, <laughs> but like I said, Bill Self's the best coach. Jalen Wilson is one of the best players in the nation. And Dwan Harris, who is as steady as it gets, except for yesterday, turning the ball over uncharacteristically. I'm just betting on them and having seen them done it last year. I got to ride with them. I think that's fair. I'm going with UCLA. I know you could argue, oh, the Jalen Clark injury and the front court's not that deep, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, Tiger Campbell, Jaime Hawkes, and I mean, even Amari Bailey. And that team yeah, has enough on. offense to win. Yeah, he is. And I, I, you know, it sucks that you lose probably your third best score. But when you do have guys like Campbell and Hawkes that can generate their own offense and they're enough to get it done and go on a deep run. I do think that this is by far the best region, like you said, but. I'm taking UCLA. Yeah, I think there's probably six teams, five, six teams that I guess five. I don't I don't think St. Mary's could make it out, but I would say if TCU made the final four, I wouldn't be totally stunned. I agree. I think this is the one region where it could be just about anyone's for the taking. Yeah. And then I mean, I'm just looking at the matchups. KU Arkansas in the second round. I do not want to play him. It would be fun for me being an NBA fan watching Anthony Black and Nick Smith, like you mentioned, but I think we could beat them. They don't have much three point shooting, just too reliant on inexperienced guys. Uh, UConn, though, Adamas Sonogo and Donovan Klingon. I mean, Kansas's weakness to me is playing against teams with good bigs. They have it. They're a versatile team, and I just do not want to see them at all. I've got them picked to beat y'all. I'm not going to lie. That's okay. I do have that. I, I That was one of my teams that I thought, if they're anywhere from like a three to six seed, they're someone that I'm going to look at to possibly make a Final Four run. And it stinks that they got stuck down in this bracket with KU, UCLA, Gonzaga, so many other good teams. But I do like them to get to the Elite Eight. And lose to UCLA. UCLA. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I have KU UCLA in the Elite Eight. I want to pick TCU over Gonzaga. I, I don't have that currently, but I may end up changing it. Big fan of Mike Miles. Agreed. Um, but Gonzaga, like, I think they're starting to play their best ball of the season right now. So they scare me, dude. Like, I think they can. I just get don't past- think they're that talented. You don't? No, not compared to what they have been the last few seasons. Not anywhere close. I know Timmy's still there. I know they've got some solid guards, but I mean, I don't look at Gonzaga as someone that has so much talent that they can overpower people like they have in the past. They don't have that pressure on them like they've had the last few years, though. That's why they scare me. 
Yeah, but they also don't have any NBA stars that can carry them. <laughs> Drew Timmy's not an NBA star? Hell no. Get out of here. <laughs> Luca Garzas. Uh, hey, he's been tearing up the G League. That man's going to get called up. Yeah, I mean, he's played a few games this yeah. year. Uh, he's lost a ton of weight and got better on the defensive end. I mean, the transformation's been awesome. But He's a killer yeah, Timmy, shooter. Yeah, it, Timmy is not. So Timmy's very one-dimensional. We all know what's you know what to expect with him. And I think he could be a tough matchup for TCU, though, in all reality. I'm not sure that they have the bigs to throw at him that could stop him. You're more familiar without, with TCU than me, probably. Well, Eddie Lampkin, their, their best big... He's got some stuff going on. I don't know if you've been following the situation there. I don't really know the entirety of it, but it sounds like no. him and Jamie Dixon have had some issues, and he stepped away from the team right before the Big 12 tourney. So it is a big loss for them, but they still have some punch. They it was they had a really impressive win over Kansas State, who I have in the Final Four. Uh, <laughs> but So I think they're fine. You know, they ran into Texas, who ended up winning the tourney. Um, but yeah, I'd give them a chance here. Any upsets you're looking at in the first round in this region? You know, VCU is always a tough team in the mm-hmm. tourney. I've got them beating St. Mary's. Um, You know, I, I don't think so. I, I don't I don't think I'm picking a single 12 this year. Wow. I th- I'm pretty sure they went 4-0 last year, the five seeds. That's probably the first time ever. I mean, I will say in this region, this is the least amount of upsets I have. I've got the five and the 12 upset, and that's it. Everything else is chalk in the first round. Gotcha. Yeah, my bracket is pretty chalky for the most part, except in the East. Haha, <laughs> see what you did there. What What did I do there? Rock chalk. Oh, uh. No, did not mean to do that. So let's run through our final fours really quick and compare. I've got Alabama out of the South. I've got Duke out of the East, Houston out of the Midwest, and then UCLA out of the West. I have Bama out of the South, Kansas State out of the East, Texas out of the Midwest, and Kansas out of the West. Three Big 12 teams, baby. That's wild. I don't have any Big 12 teams in the Final Four, but I do have, let's see, what, three in the Elite Eight? Wow. Not a single one in the Final Four? No. We got Baylor going down to Arkansas, Texas going down to Houston. I've got y'all going down to UConn. Baylor going down to Bama, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's what I meant. My bad. What did I say? Arkansas. Oh, yeah, Bama. Sorry. Um, okay. I, I have the odds up. Actually, before we do this, let's hear your let's hear your title game pick and your champion. I've got UCLA over Duke. Whoa! What? Yeah. Okay. So Duke is gonna beat Bama. Yes. UCLA over Houston. Mm-hmm. I think UCLA has too much offense there, and that is a great matchup for UCLA just because they score a shit ton and Houston doesn't. So please tell me you do not have Duke winning at all. I don't. I've got UCLA. Thank goodness. What do you, What is it that you like about Duke? I know you're a Filipowski fan. I'm, I'm coming around on him in the draft. I think I'm going to end up having him late lottery. But 
the top end talent. I mean, you look throughout their entire lineup and it's all NBA level guys. They've got elite shooters. They have guys who struggled with injuries early in the year that have come on strong. I mean, guys like Derek Whitehead, Lively, Proctor, they've all had fr- flashes recently. And we've seen, I mean, throughout the bulk of the year, what Filipowski can do. If there's a team they run up against that doesn't have that interior presence, I mean, he can pick and roll dive to the basket, finish strong, and he can also stretch out and hit threes. And there's just really no holes there. And you've got a guy in Roach who has been there. You know, Mm -hmm. he's that veteran ball handler that can carry the team if things do get hairy with some of those young guys. And I just think they've got a little bit of everything. It took them a while to kind of find their feet under Shire and how to gel. And I think, you know, we saw them win the ACC tournament pretty handily, and they look like a team that's peaking at the right time. Okay. I have... Alabama beating Kansas State, and I have Kansas beating Texas in their fourth fourth matchup. I have Bama winning it all. Wow. I think they've been the best team down the stretch of the season. And like I said at the top, Brandon Miller and Quinterly is a formidable duo. I just think they have enough talent, and they're going to get it done. Yeah, I, I definitely like them a lot too. Uh, right now, Bama has the second best odds at eight to one. UCLA with the fifth best odds at fourteen to one. And then, crazy enough, after UCLA, the team with the next best odds at number six, it's Gonzaga at fifteen to one as a three seed. Yeah, so you have three of the top six in odds <laughs> all in the West. Just ridiculous. I mean, UConn. Yeah, that's unreal. UConn isn't too far down there either at 24 to 1. Gosh. That's nuts. That's one of the most loaded regions I've ever seen. I mean, like, if you were to tell me, you know, yeah. pick going into the tournament, like pick five to six teams that you think could win it all, I think three of the teams that I would have picked are in the West. Definitely. In UCLA, UConn, Kansas, like, legitimately could do it. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, is there anything else on the tourney we need to hit here? No. In terms of sleepers, uh, like I'm thinking eight seed and beyond who could actually make the final four. A few that came to mind were Memphis, if you count them as an eight seed, even though they won their conference tourney. Penn State, I think, is a 10. I mentioned earlier they got hot at the right time. And then I'm throwing them out there. Furman, I think there's a chance. What? They've got a weaker region. Who knows? Do you actually know anything, know anything about them? About them? No, I just think that's an easy path looking at the bracket where a team could get hot and come out of that region, maybe. How how about Arkansas? I mean, they yeah. do have loads of talent. They were a top 10 team to start the year. They that's have just the- a gauntlet, though, man. I mean, you yeah. would have to go through Kansas, then possibly UConn, then either UCLA or Gonzaga. Yeah, that's true. Ah, uh, man. Michigan State? Really no, I like them to lose the first round. I don't even think they deserve to be in the field this year. Wow. All right. They're just not very good. They only won 19 games and, you know, the Big Ten that wasn't that awesome. Yeah, I guess I'll throw out West Virginia. I think they'll beat Maryland. They got better as the year went on. They, they could give Bama a tough game. Eh. Eh. Not a Huggins guy. I am. They're just not what they used to be. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't I don't think I have anything else 
Um, it's too bad that Kansas isn't going to be able to play in Kansas City, but after how badly they got worked in Kansas City by <laughs> Texas, I'm like, whatever, who cares? Uh, the alternative is now having to play Gonzaga or UCLA in Vegas. So, hey, the committee did us dirty with that, having to play one of those teams out west. But you guys travel well. You'll be fine. Yeah. And it's attorney. Like, you got to win every game you play anyway. So you can't complain too much. Right. Uh, last thing I got. Definitely want to remind people, let them know we're doing our annual bracket pool. If you're interested in doing it, it's 10 bucks per bracket. We'll do it over ESPN as always. Um, let one of us know if you're interested. There is it's a private group with a password. So Venmo me, 10 bucks per entry. We'll send you the link to join uh, the password. And yeah, just let us know if you're interested. Probably going to get 75 to 100 plus people like we do every year and have a good old pool. Let's go. Shoot us a DM if you see it on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. We will get you... Get you all the info you need. Yep. And uh, on that note, Peter, we ready for a first round attorney coming up this week? Let's go, baby. The best weekend of the year. You got the tourney kicking off, the NUL's final. Let's go. Great time to be off work, baby. I'm off Tuesday through Friday. Let's go. Vacation. There you go. All right. You guys know the drill. Please give us that five-star rating if you enjoy the show. We'll be back next week. Peace.